Welcome to Connection Strategies with Ron Zukenik, helping people in business embrace the power of connection. And now, here's your host, Ron Zukenik. Welcome to Connection Strategies. I'm Ron Zukenik, your host for two 20-minute segments with my guest today, Daryl Warren. I'm going to tell you all about Daryl in just a moment, but uh, you know, every week, we come together meeting some of the biggest social selling LinkedIn experts in the world. Today, we're bringing in a thought leader when it comes to the world of leadership. Wow. Uh, by the way, if it's your first time listening to the podcast, thanks for taking the time to uh, No, If it's not your first time, that's what I meant to say. If it's not your first time, thanks for coming back. We appreciate it. And if you're new to the program, I just told you what we do and welcome to the podcast. Now, I'm going to jump right into this thing. You know, today, as I mentioned, I'm going to discuss the idea of leadership and how people can connect with leaders. And I'm sure my guest today, who I'll introduce in just a moment, Daryl Warren, is going to say that communication uh, skills are required at every level of a business. But leaders must possess outstanding communication skills. Now, we're going to see if Daryl agrees with that. We'll figure it out. <laughs> it's something that you can learn. And motivating and inspiring people to do what they need to get done is the mark of an effective leader. If I took a simple definition, it simply is leadership is the art of motivating a group of people to act towards achieving some common goal. Now, let me tell you about Daryl. Okay, so Daryl is the owner of D, like Daryl Gene Alliance. It's a business solutions company which owns the Indiana license of Crestcom International, C-R-E-S-T-C-O-M. It's a global leadership development organization established back in uh, the mid-80s. Mid, I, I believe it was 1987. He, he's a native of Stanford, Connecticut, even though he lives in Indiana. He, now, he's a smart guy, right? He, he obtained an HR undergraduate from the University of Miami out there in the fine state of Florida, an MBA with, by the way, a 3.9 GPA. And wow, uh, you know, Daryl, uh, I'll introduce you in a second here to, on the program, but, you know, I graduated in the middle of my class. I don't know how you got that high, but Indiana <laughs> Wesleyan, he began his career with all that education at Olin Chemical in, in industrial relations, working with a bargaining unit as, as a generalist. And then he joined Exxon and accepted a global position with Exxon, managing a strategic alliance of a German partner. He's got 33 years worth of professional work experience. My God, you're the kind of guy everybody wants to listen to. Daryl, welcome to the program. <laughs> hey, Ron, thank you very much. Boy, when I hear 33 years, oh my goodness, it's like, am I that old? But I guess I am, huh? Yeah, I, well, maybe you are. Well, you're at least 33. <laughs> but listen, it, it's, a, it's a treat to have you. And it, it's kind of a little different. So it, the, the show is all about connecting with people, right? Exactly. I mean, that's what we're talking about. So let's talk about leadership. That's what you're sure. all about. T tell me how you define leadership. Well, what's a leader? And how do they get better connected to people? Just just talk to me a little bit. Sure, sure, Ron. Well, again, thank you very much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this discussion on leadership. So oftentimes you hear the term leadership. And I think if you were to stop 10 people downtown Indianapolis and ask them their definition of leadership, you probably would get 11 different responses. Um, so I guess a, a textbook definition of leadership is 
being able to provide the vision and the tools uh, for your organization to move forward uh, to obtain objectives, right? So a very general, broad um, definition of leadership. But leadership can be even if you are an individual contributor, right? So you represent the organization. You could be an accountant uh, without any direct reports, but you're still a leader within that organization or all the way up to uh, uh, President Trump or all the way up to the CEO of an organization where you're actually the leader of the organization, setting the vision uh, and giving people tools to meet objectives. So uh, my, my first just general brush comment would be we're all leaders, uh, no matter what our uh, business card says or no matter where our parking space is in the uh, in the parking lot. Okay. By the way, when we talk about your company, which is the Gene Alliance, which actually owns the Indiana license for Crestcom, uh, big company. My God, you're all over the world, aren't you, as a company, Crestcom? We are. We're in actually 60 different countries. Um, I like to say it's the best um, kept secret in the leadership training and development business. But you, know, you build relationships, uh, community at a time, uh, building leaders one individual at a time, if you will. So we don't do a lot of international advertising. Uh, we're in 27 of the 50 states and, again, in 60 different countries. Uh, and we've been turning employees into great leaders for uh, for about uh, 30 years now. But you, you, you consider yourself to be what you call a business solutions company. Yes, exactly. So, so, so uh, solutions in regards to what? Is, is it all built around just leadership or are there other uh, entities I need to, to, to understand? So, so at this point, we're just going to talk about the human capital side of the Okay. Solution. Right. So as from a business solutions perspective, DG and Alliance, uh, using the experience that I've had over the last uh, 33 years, uh, there are several different um, tools that companies need to be successful, whether it's marketing or uh, sales development or leadership development or uh, et cetera. And so DG and Alliance is kind of an umbrella that would provide other solutions. But again, for our purposes here, uh, we're just going to lean on and, and, and talk about the human capital side of things, which would be the leadership uh, development side. Is there a distinction between a leader and a small business? You've worked with very large companies. Exactly. So so, so when I think of uh, uh, Olin Chemical uh, or even Exxon, I mean, I'm not sure how many employees Exxon has. I, I'd say about 500,000. Who knows? Uh, you may know the answer. But is there a distinction between being a leader in a large company like Exxon or me in a small startup with 25 people? Sure. Well, well, some of the basics are going to uh, apply whether you're in a large organization or a small organization, right? So establishing trust, um, saying what you're going to do and following through, um, having a, a, a position of integrity. You know, those common themes would be there if you're in a small business or a large global multinational like uh, Exxon Mobil. Now, of course, in various organizations based on resources, uh, that leader may have the ability to affect their team in greater ways. Obviously, if you have a huge budget, Versus you're a startup, uh, you have seven employees, and you're leading the team. Um, so, again, there are some common denominators, uh, honesty, integrity, uh, follow-through, truthfulness uh, that are set, uh, no matter if you're leading a, a global company or, or a, small, a small group. I, I want to get back to the concept of communication, but you did bring up the, the idea of trust. So, I'm a leader. I want people to trust me. I want them to know, like, and trust me, I, I would think. Right. Uh, do, do, do you have any ninja tricks to, to getting people to trust you? Uh, are there things I should be doing to build trust among uh, people I work with? Uh, do you have any comments on that? 
Sure. So, I mean, um, the ability for the leader to um, get in and get his elbows dirty, if you will, um, to get in the trenches and do what he's asking the team to do. Right. So, I mean, several leaders come to mind. Uh, we were talking in class the other day. Uh, General Schwarzkopf is viewed to be a, a great leader that literally would get into the trenches with his team uh, versus someone who just from upon high gives a directive uh, and has the team follow through. But I think a, a real leader can be inspiring and, and um, thought to be part of the team when he literally can get down next to the team member to get the job accomplished. So you're telling me they'd be involved with the team. So I'm not just the – see, when I was with a company with about 50 people, I was the vice president. Okay. And I never really wanted to be a I, – I don't know. I shouldn't say I didn't want to be a leader. I just wanted to be the boss. I walk in. They go to work. I walk out. They stop working. Right. Uh, but I did get involved with people. So th the first thing you're telling me is I got to get my hands dirty. I got to get in there. Is that what we're noticing with, with uh, Donald Trump right now as he gets out to – to where the hurricanes have been and, and he's actually rolling up his sleeves and doing some work. Does that show what a leader does? Is that what you're well, saying? Exactly. I mean, think about it. If he's leading the country and we had a major disaster in the United States and our leader, the president of the United States, to either call to the hurricane-ravaged state of Florida and say, hey, good luck to you guys. I hope it works out is viewed in one way, but if you jump on a plane, get down there early, literally walk in the areas that were hit the worst, um, uh, pledging support where possible, whether it's financial or in other means, um, that can be viewed totally differently. Uh, and I would think even higher from a leadership perspective. So yes, exactly. Going down to visit the areas would be uh, key. Yeah, but, but you know, I, I often believe that we live in a society of mistrust. Now, I don't know if you agree with that, but it seems like so many people trust you up until the time you prove you're not trustworthy. Right. Uh, or they trust or don't trust you until you prove you're trustworthy. What, what's your take on that? Is it true that it, we're a society of mistrust and we've got to work a little bit harder at building it? Well, unfortunately, I, and, and there, there'll probably be argument as to when this occurred, whether it's in the 70s or in the 80s. But yes, whether it's from a political perspective or a business perspective, things happen in the marketplace where we as just average people started to distrust our leaders and, and organizations, whether it was a corporate perspective or a political perspective. So I think there is, unfortunately, uh, in our state nowadays, a position of mistrust. Uh, but I think the real open-minded leader says, you know what, I may have a little uh, inside mistrust based on things that have happened. However, when I talk to Ron, uh, I'm going to uh, expect Ron to be truthful and honest until he proves himself otherwise. So I think okay. that's the best approach uh, forward. Okay, so talk to me about some of the mistakes that leaders make. Uh, you know, I'm a new leader. Sure. Uh, or maybe I'm just a, in management, but I can be but there's a distinction between being a manager and being a leader. It's not one in the same, right? Uh, no, they they do overlap. So so a manager would be more short-term objective, right? Controlling the uh, aspects of the team within that short period of time, um, trying to follow rules and regulations. Uh, a leader could be viewed as more longer term, more strategic versus tactical, more looking for at the vision and providing the tools for the organization to get there. So I think everyone manages and leads. Um, it's the best leader that knows when to do which. Uh, but again, management is more uh, short term, uh, more controlling, if you will, more tactical, uh, again, with the leadership being more strategic. OK, got it. Got it. So uh, so let's get back to communication. 
Okay. Uh, uh, for a moment. So I'm a, I'm a lead. You come into my company. I bring all my C-level people together. I bring the whatever leaders we have in our company. Uh-huh. And we, we want you to talk to us about communication. What, what are some of the biggest things? What, what are the, some of the biggest takeaways you're going to tell me uh, about the, the value of communication and how I can enhance it and utilize it to be a more effective leader? Do you have any comments on that? Oh, I do. And I, I tell you, Ron, it's, <laughs> my goodness, communication is one of the um, key areas in leadership. Uh, why? Because we, uh, we communicate with our people and through our people to get our goals and objectives met. So if I had to say a, a few things without eating up uh, two or three hours, I'd have to say number one. <laughs> two or three hours. <laughs> I'd have to say number one, do know that your team is looking at you all the time. So whether you are uh, managing one person in a, a small department or whether you're Jeff Immelt at uh, General Electric, people are constantly watching your behavior. Uh, we have a really neat exercise in our class that uh, I'll get together and I'll tell the entire group, okay, we're going to clap on the count of three, okay? One, two, and I'll clap before I hit the word three. Well, invariably, the entire class claps because that's what the leader did. When in reality, I said clap on the count of three, one, two, three, clap, a real general, uh, simple example. But sometimes we as leaders say one thing and we do something totally different. So, so people are constantly looking at our behavior uh, to determine whether they're going to follow us uh, or not. So I would say really just be careful of your actions. Make sure that they are in concert and in sync with your words. Wow. So I, I got to try that one time. Okay. I want everybody to clap on the, ca- on the <laughs> count of three, right? Is that what you said? One, exactly. two. Now, they get a clap on two just like me. Exactly. Because they're going to follow the leader. Exactly. Exactly. But and then everyone laughs. And then you say, okay, guys, let's. we have some people that are uh, not following instructions here. Let's do it again. We're going to clap on the count of three. One, two, three, and you clap. So it's, again, everyone yeah. chuckles. And, but the point is, is that if I clap first, uh, the group typically, there may be one or two folks that say, well, you didn't say three. Uh, but typically, everyone claps when you when the when the leader claps. Yeah, you know, but but when you know when you talk about following the leader, uh, you know, which you and I know is is a, is a children's game. It's an action game that serves as a good energizer or a warm up activity, right? Right. So I'm just wondering, uh, is this some of the techniques that that Crestcom uh, has developed or came up with? Do you do any? What else do you do? I I love that clapping thing. Sure. So for us, it's it's really three. Um, uh, primary areas to deliver good leadership results, right? Number one would be measured development. Uh, we as people learn best by repeating behavior over and over and over. So a one-time event where everyone jumps in the plane, flies to Vegas, you have three days of great training, rah, 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 uh, big group hug, shots of tequila, uh, blue man group, you fly back to Indianapolis, you take the manual, you put it on the shelf, you got 200 emails to return and phone calls. You never really get back to that content, even though it was great stuff. Well, we as people, if you can repeat that behavior, for us, it's once a month. Uh, we meet once a month at the Hawthorns here in Indianapolis. Uh, we'll cover two skill sets a month for a year. And at the beginning of, say, the October class, we'll recap what we did in September. So that's number one. Number two would be uh, actual implementation. So, Ron, if you and I have uh, four hours of great training – if you don't tell me how you're going to apply that to your specific company, Ron, what good is it, right? If you can't apply it to your day-to-day activities, uh, so we'll actually oh, that create, makes sense. We'll actually create an action plan, 
right there at the end of class where you'll say, okay, Daryl, I'm going to utilize, oh my goodness, depending on the module, conflict resolution technique number one, because I have a person in my department where we're clashing a little bit. Uh, and here's how I'm going to do that. And you really list it out. Um, and then three, people can create the plan, but you got to follow through, right? So again, number one is measure development. Number two is implementation plan. But number three is the accountability piece. So I actually wow. come out to the client. So if I, we're working with, uh, oh my goodness, let's say Roche Technologies, and they send seven people through our, our session, uh, a week or 10 days after our session, which is the third Tuesday of the month, uh, I'll go out to Roche, sit down with the team. Okay, guys, we've been away from training for a week. Um, George, you said you were going to apply technique one, two, and three. How did it go? Let's take a look at your notes. How did you apply it to your whatever the department is that he's working in? Uh, because again, if you don't write it down and commit to it, and then more importantly, if you don't follow through to see if it's got done, what good is it? Wow. Uh, by the way, uh, for those that are just tuning in, if for some reason you are just tuning in, uh, this is the first of a 20-minute segment with uh, leadership expert Daryl Warren, owner of D Gene Alliance, which is a business solutions company, which owns the Indiana license for Crestcom International. It's a global leadership development organization. So let's take a moment now. Uh, let's talk about the leadership habit. Uh, in fact, I even know it's a, it's a book on, on uh, Crestcom's website. Yes. Uh, so give me some of the habits. Look, we all want to develop the habit of being successful at what we do. So if I'm a leader, what, what kind of habits am I developing? Just throw, throw out a bunch of stuff at me. Sure. So the leadership habit, uh, again, a book um, uh, that we introduced uh, a few months ago, uh, Transforming Behaviors to Drive Results. For us, there's really 10 core competencies of leadership. They're on our website, crestcomleadership.com. But essentially, for instance, driving for results, building the right team, encouraging excellence, developing positive relationships. Again, there's 10 core competencies. I'll just talk briefly about one or two of them. For instance, yeah, please. building the right team. So we have two modules we cover per month for a year. And every year we'll change out based on the demand of the marketplace, older modules for newer modules. So for instance, in building the right team, one area that um, our clients said, hey, I've got to have information on multi-generational conflict. I've got these millennials walking around, and they're a different breed. And how do I work with these guys and gals? So again, so we, we introduced a new module, multi-generational leadership, where we can actually determine how do you best manage up to four generations in the workplace? Uh, a great example, Ron, would be, let's say you're hiring a new person in your organization. Older folks like myself, boomers, if we looked at the resume and saw, oh my goodness, they were here for two years, they were here for a year and a half. Oh my goodness, they were only here for a year and a half. I may not look at that resume in the past. Nowadays, because people leave organizations, the average time for a millennial in an organization is three years. Uh, and, and for a boomer, <laughs> exactly. And for a boomer or someone older, it's, uh, you know, five to six to seven. So I have to change my mindset, realize that the short terms that this individual spent at these companies was really a good thing. He was moving from one organization to the other to acquire new skills. So, so again, the point is, until you as a leader understand that and understand how millennials are different and why, you may miss out on a really good employee in that example. Wow. So and and being a leader, 
takes constant update. It, it, it seems as though if I'm going to build a successful team, I've, I've got to inspire change. So, I mean, so is that what, what, what you do as a company? Is, is part of your training is to help them lead? Well, at least if I look at how your model looks like, mm-hmm. it looks like you get into action planning. Yes. You do monthly type debriefs. Exactly. Then you do implementation, building out results, monthly training. Exactly. And then do people – so it's really – this is like a 12- or a 24-month program, is, uh, is it not? It's actually a one-year program, but we cover two skill sets a month. So by the end of the 12 months, you've covered 24 different skill sets. Wow. Uh, so, you know, Ronnie, when you asked and said, hey, Daryl, can we talk? Uh, you said, hey, Daryl, can you think of examples of connection strategies? One aspect, Ron, that comes to mind is, so for me, a full class would be 40 individuals. Um, I personally think beyond 40, you start to lose um, uh, control and interactivity. Uh, However, my colleague in Florida uh, has 62 people in the group, and he does just fine. Uh, But let's say that that 40 individuals would be a a full class uh, for Crestcom in central Indiana. But there could essentially be 20, 30 Actually, it could be 40 different organizations there. So if our topic of the month is managing through change, and we have a construction company, we have an architectural company, a tech firm, CPA firm, um, food processing company, manufacturing company, we're connecting with different industries on this topic um, during that four-hour session. Wow. Uh, and there's so much, Daryl, there's so much we, we can share. So here's what I want to do. I, sure. I, I want to make sure. So this is the first, everybody, of, of a two 20-minute segments with Daryl Warren. So I, I've got a lot I want to talk about when we come back on, on the other side, which will be our second 20 minutes. Okay. But I want to make sure that people understand. Number one, you can, you can connect with Daryl Warren, W-A-R-R-E-N, on LinkedIn, I believe, Daryl, you can be reached at daryl.warren at Crestcom, C-R-E-S-T-C-O-M.com. Is there a website you want to direct people to, uh, Daryl? Sure, sure. Um, Crestcomleadership.com. Uh, okay. That would be our, our global website and, and all the information uh, about our modules and uh, training classes and where we're located in the world uh, would be right there. Okay, so I want to make sure everybody gets that, Crestcom.com. Okay, you can find this podcast at my website, ronsakenick.com, uh, or podcastandradio.com, blog talk radio, and you can certainly subscribe on iTunes. Daryl, as we close this segment, I always want to leave the audience with, with something to think about. I, I call them thinking points for connecting forward. So my question, Daryl, is what thinking point do you want to give the audience today? Sure, Ron. So the best way that I can see to connect with someone professionally um, uh, in the marketplace would be really to give first. Uh, You hear that often. Hey, I'm really doing this not for the income. I'm doing it to give to uh, organizations. I have found that from a connection strategy perspective, when I first meet you, if I could find out, hey, Ron, where can I uh, recommend you for speaking engagements? Uh, There's a natural um, relationship that we develop where, again, I'm giving to you and then likewise in the universe, uh, you would give to that individual. So again, I think connection strategy, number one, if I can give one, uh, would be to give first uh, and everything else will uh, uh, take care of itself. Daryl, I I love that. Thank you so much for coming aboard. Now, everybody, that's the first 20 minutes. Come back to listen to Daryl Warren in our second segment. 
Thanks so much, Daryl, for coming. Thank you very much, Ron. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Connection Strategies with Ron Zukenik. To learn more about Ron Zukenik and the work he does as speaker and trainer, visit ronzukenik.com. This podcast is powered by David Wolf and podcastandradio.com. Podcast and Radio.com.